is summer. You know what that means. Sprinklers are buzzing, popsicles are melting, and the Consumed Podcast is on your speakers for that road trip you've dreamed of taking. This is the show that features conversations with eaters, thinkers, drinkers, and makers on California's Central Coast. And I am your host, Jamie Lewis. Thanks for letting me tag along. Before we start, I want to tell you a little bit about some of the sponsors of the Consumed Podcast. We all know eating fruits and veggies is an important part of staying healthy. Fresh, local produce has the most flavor and nutrition, but how do you know what's in season locally? Become part of the Tally community as a member of the Tally Farms Box Program. Tally grows their produce and partners with other California farmers to include the freshest and best-tasting local produce you can find anywhere. Farming on the Central Coast since 1948, the Tally family created the Tally Farms Box to make healthy eating easy and affordable. Here's how it works. Select which size box you want, then choose pickup or home delivery and how often you want to get your box. It's flexible for customization and vacation holds, and included in all boxes are tested recipes and storage recommendations. Come be a part of Tally's healthy lifestyle. Visit tallyfarmsbox.com and use promo code CONSUMED for $10 off your first box. That's promo code CONSUMED for $10 off. Eat fresh, eat local, and eat lots of California fruits and veggies for better health. I recently spoke with Santa Barbara County wine veteran Wes Hagen in his new capacity as brand ambassador for Rancho Steanaveros Wines. He said the winery has started defining itself as deliberate, historic, and sublime, which if you've ever tasted Rancho Steanaveros wines, you will understand. Owner James Onaveros planted his vineyard with his own two hands after school and on weekends while studying at Cal Poly. All he had was his belief in the Santa Maria Valley, an eight-acre patch of mineral-stripped land, and his name. Turns out that was more than enough to produce some of the most elegant Pinot Noir in California. Today, winemaker Justin Willett makes RDO's Pinot Noir, as well as elegant Santa Maria Valley Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon from the San Inez Valley. Call Wes Hagen for a private tasting with one of Wine and Spirits magazine's top 100 wineries in the world for 2021. Reach him at Wes at RanchoSteanaveros.com or 805-450-2324. Okay, on to the episode. Paul Felice is the president of Miners Ace Hardware a collection of nine hardware stores across the Central Coast. In writing, I put hardware stores in quotes because Miners is so much more than a hardware store, though that's certainly how it began. In addition to all the usual stuff, tools, paint, etc., Miners has a wonderful houseware selection featuring Traeger grills, Yeti coolers, ball canning systems, and way more that I could spend all day exploring. It also has one of the best nursery departments in the business, which is our top choice for everything from seeds and veggie starts to the avocado tree, satsuma tree, and espalier apple tree in our front yard right now. It's a family business. I grew up going to school with Amy Miner, Paul's wife, so I've been able to watch it grow over the years. Listen to Paul tell stories about legendary employee Wally Lewis, who retired at the age of 95 the man who drove a Harley directly into the Los Osos miners and continued to shop while on it, and about how the community knew COVID was over when the popcorn came back. Here's Paul Felice. 
Is that a Spanish or Italian? Italian. Name? Yeah, so it's actually like Felice. Correct. Yep. Which could be a bastardization of the word happy. Sort of. But in, in Italian, it's actually um, a weed that grows wild in the hills. Oh, get out of here. So, yeah. Everyone <laughs> yeah. tries to make a Spanish or Mexican. They say, oh, is it Felice or is it yeah. Felice or, you know, whatever. But it's Italian. So. It's a weed. Yeah. That's so funny. Did your family come from, do you know, like southern Italy? Yeah. My dad um, actually came over in 1955 with his family uh, from southern Italy. Oh, wow. So um, you're really... I'm a first generation American. Wow. Yeah. Do you speak Italian? Um, I learned a little Italian growing up and then I took a couple years of Italian in, uh, college. Yeah. But unless you use it, it just kind of goes away. But uh, yeah. having gone to Italy a couple of times by the second week I'm in Italy, it's becomes it's more common. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Did you grow up here on the set or in California? I grew up in a little town called Hollister, which is, I don't yeah. know, a couple hours North of here. Yeah. Um, and then met my wife, uh, in college up at Chico state. Amy went to Chico State. I was trying to she remember. Did, yeah. Okay. What did she study? Uh, she was on track to become a teacher. Um, I graduated before her, and we relocated back to my hometown, Hollister, and she finished at Monterey Bay. Oh, okay. When it was probably pretty new, I think, right? Yes. The university. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think she was the first graduating class, but um, it was around 2000, 2001. Okay. So then she <laughs> brought you back here. Yeah. To become the boss of her family's company. <laughs> sort, sort of. It was a lot of smoke and mirrors, actually. I, um, I got into uh, resort and lodging management is what I went to school for, and I always okay. wanted to work for a Pebble Beach-type company because I had a golf background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got in the PGA program and did that and was a head golf pro at a local country club in Hollister. Wow. And my father-in-law at the time... It's actually a really funny story. My, when I started dating Amy, she never told me what her family did. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, my dad works in a hardware store, and my mom oh, works at a hardware store. Oh, thing ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we're coming home for Christmas the first time to meet, meet, meet them, and she's like, okay, pull over. I got to tell you the truth. And I was like, oh, so you've been lying to me this whole time. <laughs> to meet the miners. Yeah. yeah, I love it. And so we pulled into Shell Beach where they live, and she's like, well, actually, we own a few hardware stores. And mm-hmm. she told me the real story. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. And so we met them, and they were great. And yes. um, years later, when we were living in Hollister, Mike called me one day while I was at work and was like, hey, would you be interested in getting involved in the business? And I didn't, I didn't tell my wife that he called me. And mm-hmm. I don't know if she knew he was calling me. But I said, no, I don't, I don't want to work for my father-in-law. It's just I don't want to make <laughs> holidays awkward. And, you I'm trying know. to picture working for my father-in-law. Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. yeah. And so I said no the first time, and then another year passed and he said, look, I don't have a succession plan here. So I reconsider this. And so we talked about it for about six months, maybe a year. And finally we relocated down here and I started cleaning bathrooms and learning how to run the register and yeah. all the stuff. You would never run a retail. Well, if you're running, were you running like a PGA shop up at, in Hollister? Yeah, or there's, there's a retail component to that and managing people and yeah, you know, a little bit of that, but not like a full-blown hardware store type yes. thing. Well, and this is not... It's funny. When I, when I texted Amy to ask if she would put me in touch with you, I mentioned that Miners is our... I mean, that's our... I, I can't even call it a hardware store because that's not really what it is. It's more than that. But I said, we, we are there. Like, we're keeping you guys in business. And she said, I love that you still go to the hardware store. And I was thinking... That is not what I would call miners. In fact, I feel like it's more than 
what is it? It's almost like a lifestyle place. Yeah. Um, as far as Ace Hardware's go, the, the typical Ace Hardware is like 8,000 square feet and it's pretty cookie cutter and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And, and we do some, a little bit more than that. Our average store is maybe 18 to 20,000 square feet. And mm-hmm. then of course we have the nurseries, as you know, and yep. that kind of sets us apart from different other Ace Hardware's you may have been to. Yeah. We do a little bit of lumber and that kind of stuff too, but the, the nurseries and live goods, especially this time of year is Really, really good for us. Yes, but then there's also like, I don't know about the other, I should have visited some of your other stores to get a handle on it, but, um, sorry, we got the door open. But, you know, Miners has Yeti, um, all kinds of Yeti stuff. Um, And then you have, like you were mentioning, all the canning kits, Mm -hmm. like the ball kits. And and then you have Carhartt Apparel and... um, there's a lot of stuff there. Oh, and um, Traeger grills and smokers. So there's a real lifestyle component there that I that you don't see in a lot of other hardware stores. For sure. Around 20, let's see, 2009, we opened our store in Napomo, and we brought in um, still power equipment. And mm. that was oh, like... Is that how you say it? I always thought it was style. It's steel. Steel. Let's if be, wanna, let's if be accurate. it right. But yeah. Um, we brought that in and that kind of opened the door to kind of higher end products for us. And then Traeger followed and Yeti. And it's just been kind of like, who would ever think you'd spend three, $400 on an ice chest? I mean, 10 years ago, never. It's crazy. Now I like, it's, it's like getting a diamond ring. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it seems like everybody, you know, has one or they at least have a mug or they have some, something and it's, um, it's been it's, it's it exploded. Farm supplies got them and Dix has got it and you yeah. see it everywhere now. It's actually, that's true. Farm supply has a similar, there's a similar trajectory there. Although obviously their, their, um, focuses on like keeping livestock ranching and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. their nursery's incredible. They have, you know, that whole clothing section. So that's, I suppose that's kind of a comparable model. Oh, a lot of overlap, I suppose there. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're similar. I don't know if if I would say we're direct competitors with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little more of a specific market with yes. more farm and ag. Um, but there's there's definitely overlap. We do irrigation. They do irrigation. Yeah. We do some clothing. They do some clothing. Live goods. Yeah. Well, and if we're talking about direct competitor, I mean, it's crazy to think that this matters, but they're not open on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a huge. If we're going to buy plants and we're over in that part of town. And it's Sunday. Mm, no, we're going to go over to yep. Miners for sure. Okay, so the first Miners was AG, I believe, right? Uh, miners actually started in the 40s in Culver City. Get out of uh, here. Yeah, Amy's great-grandparents, Abe and B. Miner. Um, well, first they had a manganese mine for the war effort out in the desert, and then they moved to wow. Culver City and had a hardware store, an appliance store. And they would come up to Pismo Beach and vacation in the 50s, mm-hmm. digging clams, go all clamming, the Pismo yeah. Beach stuff. Um, and then in 1956, uh, there was a little hardware store there on Grand Avenue, right where we still are today that was for sale. And they pulled up their stakes from Culver City and moved up here. Hmm. I love that their names are Abe and B. It's like yeah. A and B. Yeah. ABC. Um, that location, though, that building that Miners AG is in, it's kind of a newer building. Did it? Did the old one get torn down and a so new one? So the built? original store is in Grover Beach on Grand. The oh, oh. Aurora Grande store uh, came in the mid, mid-80s. Um, there was a hardware store right in the village next to Doc Bernstein's or where the previous Doc Bernstein's right. used to be. 
Um, and Mike, my father-in-law, bought that business and then moved it to its current location off Traffic Way near yes. the post office. And then Kennedy Fitness was there, and then we expanded into that. Nautilus. And, yep. <laughs> and so um, that went through two or three expansions, I think. Um, and then we've added stores ever since. Yeah. Okay, so when you came along then, you had to start with, like, cleaning toilets and all the... Yeah, it wasn't quite that bad, but I came came in and uh, I I think I was an assistant manager was my first role in the Grover Beach store. And at that time, Kim Miner, uh, our cousin, was the store manager. Uh, Mike and Susie worked upstairs in the office. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bethany and Amy were working in the stores too. Oh, I love Um, it. And we just had a lot of family working. Yeah, I love that. Um, Growing up, I knew uh, Mike and Susie somewhat. And I just remember Mike being the most tender-hearted, kind man. Um, I wonder if that was hard for him to to retire. I'm assuming he's retired now. Uh, Does he still funny. pop in now and then? No, he's he's officially retired. We've transitioned the business at the end of last year, and he's mm. officially retired. Yeah, he's been trying to retire property, for. But yeah. No, no, no. Love him. <laughs> I was just on the phone with him actually when I got here talking about yeah. some business stuff, but he. Um, He'd been threatening to retire and trying to retire for the better part of a decade, I think, mm-hmm. kind of talking about it and you know, what his plan was. And then it's like, when, you know, when I turn 70, that's, that's the, yeah. the time. Yeah, all our parents, that's about now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, when you walked in, you brought a, a ball jar, of course, of something green and pickly looking, and it says FFF on top, 2022. Yep. Tell me about this. So <laughs> FFF is just Felice Family Farms. That's what we're calling our little vineyard oh, at our house. Um, that's awesome. So, but these are uh, pickled green tomatoes, family recipe, super simple, mm-hmm. green tomato sliced with vinegar, salt, garlic, and chili flake. It's awesome. But super delicious. Yeah. Great on sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's probably really Or you can fry them. Wonderful that way too. Pickled and fried. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So you have a background or at least an interest in... Like a family farm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Did you grow up like that? Um, well, my dad, when my dad came over from Italy in 1955, his parents always had a garden and like it mm-hmm. took up half their backyard. So yeah. they always had fresh vegetables. And so that's kind of translated to my father. And then I do the same thing. So every year we grow tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini, peppers, yeah. oregano, herbs. I mean, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of what we can do. Um, and you're planting, or you just planted, you say, a half-acre vineyard? Yeah, I have a, a good friend who's in the, the wine industry, Kevin Wilkinson. And uh, Kevin Wilkinson, who we also went to high school with. Yeah. Like and you so, were saying before we started rolling, the Arroyo Grande, it's, it's tight. It it's is. It's real a, tight. Yeah, and we, he was over one time and, at, at our house, and he's like, why aren't we planting a vineyard out here? Yeah. And then a few glasses of wine later, we were planting a vineyard. <laughs> and so we got half an acre of grapes and... Um, we hope to make some sparkling out of that because my wife loves bubbles. Bubbles, yeah. And um, is it Pinot Noir Chardonnay? I um, it is Pinot. I don't know what, like what clone exactly or what clone it is. I should know that. Kevin's going to yell at me if he listens to this. Well, it sounds but. like is he managing it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And are you out in the valley uh, or on the mesa? No, we're we're um, just off of Cherry Lane. So if oh, you know where okay. Cherry Lane Nursery is, it. Yeah. Go straight back towards the creek and we're kind of back there. How beautiful. That's yeah. grown so much since 
we were kids for sure. All right. So minors has always had a huge presence in the community. It started to balloon out, I guess, from, I mean, what was the first shop after, well, after Grover Beach, it was AG, but after that, what was the first? So we um, took a few years off in that period. And this was all before my time, so I can't take any credit for any of this. But uh, Mike then opened, um, our third store was Morro Bay. Um, shortly after that was Los Osos and those are relatively close. And then the fifth store was, um, Atascadero just North of us here. Okay. Nothing in Paso? Not yet. We've always looked at that market. Um, that brings us up to like 2005, six, seven, um, 2006, we opened, I think I got this right. No, it was 2010. We opened San Luis and Napomo around that time. Mm -hmm. And then... We've added a couple stores south of there in uh, Santa Paula and Goleta since then. Yeah. Okay. So I saw Santa Paula on there. We have some dear friends who just, I mean, we're all totally in the miners um, fan club. And um, I was telling them that I was going to have you on. They were excited about that. And I said, yeah, I think, I think I saw correctly on the website that they have a Santa Paula shop. So that's pretty far. Yep. And that's a hugely ag community. Um, yep. Totally yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one came about through Ace Hardware actually reached out to us and said, hey, we have a, an existing Ace Hardware that they're looking to exit. Would you guys be interested in talking to them? And we went out and had a conversation. And um, yeah, that was, that, was, that, was our, um, that was a good one. We totally remodeled the store and added some space. And mm-hmm. it's been good. Yeah. Each, I'm sure each uh, community has its own culture and personality. Um, but now you have, did you say like a total of seven stores now? Uh, we have nine. Yeah. Nine. Okay. Yep. So mm-hmm. do you decide what to carry based on, I'm thinking like, okay, slow, you have a huge, um, or at least I think a pretty huge nursery. Is that one of the larger ones? Do you not have nurseries in some of them? Uh, all of our stores have nurseries. The San Luis one is, is really nice. Um, Super active, I know. Yeah, it's it's been really good. I think that community really likes um, gardening and flowers, and they mm-hmm. they love the outdoor spaces. So that that's great. I think the weather is a giant factor in it. Um, when you have temperate weather like we do around here, people just enjoy being outside and yeah. making their yards look nice. So that's been really good for us. Yeah, and who decides what gets carried in some of these nurseries? So we um, we have two. Well, we in. 2010, we hired a district garden manager to Mm kind of help us get our arms around what was going on. Because back in the day, it was everybody had a checkbook at the store, everybody in a department. So we have nine departments, um, paint tools, hardware, lumber, plumbing, housewares. Everybody had a checkbook and they kind of bought not whatever they wanted, but there was a lot of ability to buy. And we started getting um, into a strange inventory position with all these people making these decisions. So we decided to mm. pull the reins back a little bit, get somebody to kind of help focus us, especially was, in the garden. I'm sorry, and, I just understood what you meant. Each each individual property had its own checkbook. Yeah, so... For how to decide what to carry and all that. Yeah, so yes. Ace Hardware um, is a cooperative. It's not a franchise. A lot of people think it's a franchise, but they don't really dictate what we can or can't carry. We kind of do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the hardware store is broken up into departments and we have a department lead in each department in each store. So it's nine departments per location and they all had some autonomy to make buying decisions. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And so, so now it's sort of more under one umbrella for what to carry. We keep a little more of a watchful eye on 
what yeah. people are doing. So we, we look at these district managers as more shepherds, like just bring it in a little bit here, mm-hmm. or add a little bit there. We don't handcuff them all the way. Yeah, um, because the local buying is where what makes us relevant totally. in the communities. Yes, and what you you know the community in Goleta is going to be completely different than the community in Atascadero. So different, and even from a day to day standpoint, you in like in Goleta, they are really busy on Sundays, like really really Isn't busy, that funny? and way different than all our other stores. It's just you know Saturday's always the busiest day. Yeah, but even Aurora Grande and Grover being so close, Grover Beach is really busy on Mondays. They get more contractor what? business. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then AG's kind of more homeowner and, mm-hmm. um, you know, busy on the weekends. Tell me about some of the other trends you see with those different properties. You have a really unique lens. You can probably get a really broad view of how these properties are behaving. So what are some yeah. other things that you see that are funny? Well, uh, there, there's common themes, right? There's homeowners and, and through COVID there's been this you know, home revolution. I was going to ask build out my backyard. And so we saw a a crazy boom, boom with that, but the different communities, like not growing up here, understanding Los Osos, it's (laughs) such an eclectic place. I love not growing up here and not understanding. Not under, I still don't really understand it. I was in there one time and a guy actually rode his Harley into the store and was (laughs) in the store with his Harley and shopping. And it was like, like a bar. Should we call the police? Should we ask them to leave? And they're like, no, he's, that's Tim. Or, you know, they knew who he was. And I was like, oh, oh okay. All right. Well, now it's weird. Now you're familiar with Tim. Yeah. yeah so, um, that, that store, um, and we, we just remodeled that a year and a half ago and doubled the size of it. So it's, mm-hmm. um, desperately needed some more space. Um, uh, but it's, it's the most eclectic group of customers yeah. and employees that we've had at any store. Yeah. Um, that's a charming spot, though. I've been into that one. I'm trying to think how many I've been to. Obviously, Slow, AG, Napomo. I grew up in Napomo. Um, and that little Ace hardware was the only thing we had, you know, for a, a big distance. And mm-hmm. so my dad, as a builder, that was where we would hang out. And I don't think they were open on Sundays either, but it was rinky-dink. It was tiny. It was like it was like a hardware store that you'd find in a big city where you walk inside and it's just the shelves, like high shelves, narrow rows, yeah, um, a lot of fittings. And uh, that was pretty much it. It was very bare bones, but there was a charm to it. Um, but yeah, the Los Osos one, I wound up in there. I don't know, several years ago. And it's still like, I don't know. There's just a smell to a hardware <laughs> store that I absolutely love. Having grown up with a dad who and, my, yeah. and a mom who they needed those shops, you know. Anyway, so what other things would I... I Tell me more stories like the guy going in on his Harley. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you a funny story. So we, uh, in, we opened the store in 1956. In 1958, we hired our first non-family... Um, member. His name was Wally Lewis. Mm. And he just passed away this last, a few months ago. Mm. Uh, but he worked for us forever. Mm. And so when I uh, got on board, I um, was training with him. And so this is 2005 or six. I can't remember where, where we were, but I was an assistant manager. I was closing. I had my keys to lock all the doors and we ushered the last customer out and Wally comes downstairs holding a cup of beer and he sets it on the register and we're counting the drawers and he's drinking one, and I see he's brought another one. Aww. And he's just looking at me, staring at me, and I'm <laughs> is going... Is it a test? Yeah, what kind of <laughs> test is this? So I drank a beer with him. We counted the registers. We locked up. 
Uh, and at this time, we had just moved down here, and we were living with Mike and Susie. And so I didn't mm. say anything because I didn't want to get the old guy in trouble. I sure. didn't really know who he was. <laughs> so the next night, same thing. He brings a cup of beer. We have a beer, you know. And so at dinner that night, I asked Mike, I said, I, I don't know if I'm in trouble here or what the story is, but there's this old guy. His name's <laughs> Wally. And they immediately start laughing. And they said, he brought you a beer, didn't he? I was like, yeah. He goes, did you drink it? Yeah, I drank it. He goes, okay, good. You're, you're in then. And I was like, oh, okay. It's strange. How cute is that? Yeah. Wally, did he work up until pretty late? He worked up until last year. Wow. Yeah. He, wow. just a gem of a human. Um, yeah, he sounds that way. And uh, he, just to go, go down the story Please. a little bit further, he, I was in this, we have a, an old safe that we put all the cash register stuff in and I opened it up and I found an IOU in there for a keg. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? And he had a keg upstairs in his office. Oh, that's where these beers at the are hardware coming. store. That's where the beer was coming from. <laughs> so it was just, um, you, you don't see that anymore. No, but it's so, oh. so cool. One of those things that like, it gets grandfathered in and it can either be good or bad, but it yeah. sounds like Wally was an upstanding, lovely yeah. guy. Oh, he was, yeah. Salt of the earth uh, yes. and worked in the nuts and bolts department forever. And Oh, that makes him even more like, yeah. that's just so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as your own kids go, I mean, not, of course not putting any pressure on them, but do you think about succession sometimes? Um, you're you know, a young guy. I don't mean to imply that that's coming anytime soon, but you know, your kids are yeah. teenagers. Well, I, going through the transition with my in-laws and seeing how long that took, um, I, of, of course we think about it. Uh, one of the things that Amy and I both talk to our kids about is, uh, we want them to go on to college and do mm-hmm. their own thing. And they're not going to be allowed to work in the business until after they've got a degree and work two years somewhere else. And yeah, then like if that Amy doesn't work did. out. Yeah. Come on back. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so we really think it's important for them to get away, mm-hmm. go do something on your own, be successful, do your own thing. Um, and then if it makes sense and you want to give it a shot, well, hopefully we're still here and, yeah. um, that'll be an option for them. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, if you're opening new places and there was this COVID boom, I mean, it truly like the outdoors, you know, certain, certain industries really suffered, obviously, um, and individuals suffered a lot and let's not even get into our school kids. But, um, but in terms of the, anything having to do with the outdoors went bananas, I think. Totally. Have you seen that drop off at all or is it still pretty high? Yeah, it's, um, the, the COVID boom for the hardware industry was gigantic. Like we never saw customer count increases like that, um, ever. And since, uh, probably the middle of twenty. 21, mm-hmm. it started to taper back off to kind of redefine what the new normal was. Yeah. And I think we've stabilized now and we're seeing an uptick for spring, which is good. Um, but I think we're, we're more normalized now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about sure doing outdoor projects, but also, you know, projects that you've been waiting to do building projects or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people popped in. I, for one, I mean, it was considered an essential business. Thank God. Thank, I know, really. You know. Thank God. Uh, two things that made me believe that everything was going to be okay and that it, it, we could be normal again was going to the farmer's market, seeing that, you know, they're essential businesses and getting my bread or my spinach or whatever and walking into the hardware store and feeling like, okay, there are people, I sure we're all masked up and we got to wait in line and stay six feet apart, whatever. 
but we're going to be okay. Yep. That was one of those kind of home base sorts of things that made me feel okay. Totally. And in the beginning, after we got through the, you know, looking at financial statements and going, if we have to close, what does that mean? You know, and doing that like fear planning and Mm -hmm. all that, and then realizing, okay, we're going to stay open. And in fact, it's crazy busy. So our our biggest problem was how do we keep enough employees at work and how does that work? And people are scared. And I'm sure you remember, remember all this all too well. Yes. Yes. But the hardware store was like where people went on purpose to socialize because so many people were like, I'm only hanging out with my one neighbor or my immediate family (laughs) or whatever, but I'm going to go to the grocery store, you know, before, um, Instacart was the thing. I'm going to go to the grocery store, see some people, and then I'm going to go to the hardware store, see some people. And, um, it was, it was such an interesting time. And, um, just, I, I still kind of pinch myself because I don't, that was our great depression. That was our Mm -hmm. like world war two of the time. It was like, that's where were you when? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yes. Um, as far as, okay, so I, I have to, I promised my kids I would ask you about this. The popcorn is the popcorn at every shop. Yes. Okay. How often is it popped every weekend? Not during the week, not during the week, unless we're having some sort of special event. Okay. Have you ever thought about dropping the popcorn? And if so, may I convince you otherwise? <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because we've had some city officials in different cities, I won't say which ones, sure. say, you, 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 can't be, you can't be doing that. Because of public health or whatever? Yeah, because of whatever. And they had, um, during COVID, the, kind of the social media buzz was, we'll know COVID's over when the popcorn comes back to oh, miners. Oh, so precious. And yes. it was like, <laughs> if, if our popcorn machine is down or broken... A million complaints immediately. A we can million. do so many other things wrong, yeah. and no one will ever complain. But if the popcorn's not working, yeah, man, people are up in arms over that. But it's just kind of one of those hometown things that is kind of cool. Come, people come and get popcorn yeah. and walk around, and yeah, um, it's fun, and people like the smell. And I love whatever. the smell. Yeah, and there was always one guy, at least at the slow one, who was kind of in charge of the machine, kind of a shorter guy with glasses. And, um, he was always so sweet about it. Like he, he, there's never a person, there's never a person like an employee that says, Hey kids, you, you can't do this anymore. At least with my kids, they yeah. never did. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware. Did you know that Home Depot tried to have popcorn for a while over the weekends? Um, I did not know that. No, you didn't No. this was, Oh, I'll have to have some listeners write in. Cause I think it was probably five to seven years ago, it was so short-lived. You knew exactly what they were up to, and yeah. it was at the front of the store, and it died out. I would not be surprised if somebody came and said, hey, you can't do this. That's a miner's move, and you don't get to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope that happened. I, I hope totally somebody did. did. Yeah, so, I'm sure. Yeah, that's cool. The, the, the popcorn is another thing our people get to do, and they I mean, if you burn the popcorn, that smells in the store. So and it doesn't go away for it's, a while. It's um, it's actually uh, you know, that's that's another re- responsibility in the hardware store. Yeah, for somebody. Yeah. Well, I love it. Whatever your popcorn budget is, we will work to keep that. Double up. it. Got we'll it. double yeah. it. Yeah. Um, how long did it take for the popcorn to come back? When was COVID finally oh, over? Oh God, I, I don't remember the exact <laughs> date, but I remember having having discussions, and so every every week we have a a meeting and HR's in the room and marketing's mm. in the room and our operations guys. And it's like, we're bringing popcorn back. And the HR people are like, no, oh. we can't do that. Um, and I was like, no, we're, we're, we're going to do it. And yeah. See what happens. And so 
the customers will save us or crucify us, one or the other. But yeah. um, everybody likes free, delicious treats. Totally, totally. Um, something else that miners always did, and I don't know that you still do, but at the Harvest Festival, you would always have the lawnmowers. Do you the still lawnmower do that? Parade. Yeah, occasionally we do that. Um, and describe maybe what that is. <laughs> so this goes back to... When I started here, we were doing this, nothing that I could take credit for, but anytime you can get involved in in the community events, people like to see you and it's fun and people see all their customers. And, um, so they would push lawnmowers, um, in a choreographed (laughs) performance, synchronized swimming down the, down (laughs) the parade route. And, um, it's just something that's kind of stuck in the last, it's kind of weaned off in the last four or five years, um, with less parades. And now they, they, They've done one in Grover around Christmas time, I believe. Mm-hmm. But the you know the things like the Strawberry Festival and the Harvest Festival yeah. and those things are going away and coming back, and people are yes. still trying to figure out what we're going to do. And well, in that city's identity, I think um, Strawberry Festival, as far as I know, is no longer what it was. And I think um, these communities, we are growing so much and growing in different directions. I think we're all trying to figure out what each community is and they have to kind of battle that out. Strawberry festival I know is very contentious and controversial. I will say, I know that with all big events like that, there is an upside and there's a downside to everything. Um, so I don't, I I don't question the decisions, but, um, but yeah, the harvest festival, I mean, the strawberry festival always got the most play, but the harvest festival is where it's at. In my opinion, it is so hometown it is so totally. quaint. There's like a beard growing competition. There's the old weenie dog races. Yep. Um, my daughter won the diaper derby when she was two. Oh, cool. I mean, the confetti eggs, the all confetti the stuff they used to eggs, do. Yes. And all of the bands, like the school marching bands mm-hmm. coming out, it's just as lovely as can be. Um, so I'm curious. I, I always ask people at the end of a conversation, um, well, actually, before I get to that question, let me ask, what's it been like getting into management for you? I mean, that's not for everybody, um, but if you're taking over and if Mike has the the confidence in you to take over the family business, has that been, have you grown in that or do you feel like you've always been confident? What's your experience been like? Um, I, I, uh, early in my management career, I was uh, more rigid, more black and white and mm. had... I thought accountability was the way to, this yeah. is how, this is my expectation. This is what I want you to do. This, and I've, I've come to two understandings and one of these I attribute directly to Mike. He told me early on, look, you can probably run a register or run a plumbing department mm-hmm. or run, um, a management team better than anybody else in the company, mm. but you can't do that and be president too, or you can't do that and run this store too. So mm. you need the rest of these humans. And we, we have such a great staff. Mm-hmm. It, we're so fortunate to have people who want to work in retail and love what they do and are passionate. Mm-hmm. It's great. And if you have an employee who's an 80% good employee, mm-hmm. that's really, really, really good. Yes. <laughs> and you can overlook the 5% that bugs you or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. And so yeah. I tell everybody who's a new manager, if, if you have a staff that's 80% good, you're doing like, really, thank your lucky really stars. good. Yeah. 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 And so, and we've, we've gone through so many iterations of how to reward the staff and things to do and why to make miners a good place to work. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we put energy into that every day uh, and try to come up with new ways to to motivate people. Yeah, you say that it was more black and white. Now, how does that differ for you? Um, I've learned how to delegate yes. a lot, and um, and so some of my direct reports may say that I delegate too much <laughs> now. But um, uh, I think trusting people and giving them enough yeah. rope to learn and grow on on their own is is key to expansion. And yeah, I feel like you are almost describing um, not that not that your company is a family, but um, but you're describing raising children too, to a, a big degree. Um, there's black and white thinking, but then maybe as time goes by, the best way is to, you know, let them figure it out more and more. Yeah. I, I, as so my kids are a soft, sophomore freshman in seventh grade mm. and I've coached all of their sports teams and mm-hmm. been on PTO boards and, uh, five cities, youth basketball boards and, Parenting and coaching helps you manage people. Like mm. it's direct translation. Hmm. And those are the things that you don't learn in a classroom. Mm-hmm. You don't learn your first day on the job and no amount of uh, someone else managing you is going to prepare you like coaching and parenting will. Yeah. Especially co-parenting. So if you figure out with your wife, if, if you guys disagree or my wife and I often disagree mm-hmm. religiously, politically, like all, all the ways you can disagree. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes. Um, but to, to learn how to find that middle ground and move forward in a good yeah. path is, is great. Um, great learnings for great us. practice for yeah. life. Yes, for sure. You do learn more in the trenches. That's yeah. for sure. Okay. My last question is if it was your last day on earth and you wanted to celebrate with a meal, what would you eat? What would you drink and who would be there? Um, I would bring, um, so I, I come from a giant Italian family and if I could bring them back, all the ones that have passed on, bring them back and have a traditional Italian meal, I would probably do like a crab cioppino dinner, Mm. um, and have some wine. Although I do love traditional American Thanksgiving. It's my favorite day of the year. It is. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, you are a family guy for sure. If you, I mean, we all love Thanksgiving, but, um, but yeah, that's interesting that that's your favorite day. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, 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 like Christmas, the other holidays are wonderful, but there's a lot more pressure and preparation in Christmas and oh, Thanksgiving God, is just totally. like, you know, we're going to cook. Everybody's going to hang out. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, love it. Yep. Oh, I love that your final meal would either be a big Chipino boil or Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming up and oh, for chatting. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks for carving time out of your day to listen to Consume. If you like what you hear, it always helps if you rate and subscribe to the feed. To learn more about my guests, see their photos, and connect with them via their website or social media, visit letsgetconsumed.com. You'll also find a newsletter sign up if you want to visit for me in your inbox every now and again. Until then, I'm Jamie Lewis. Cheers.